Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregson sits down for a conversation with a couple of teens from Heartlight. Heartlight is a residential counseling center started by Mark and his wife, Jan, that creates an arena of change for both teens and parents. Let's hear from a couple of Heartlight's teens today. Hey, Austin, thanks for being a part of the program today. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, we're talking about video games and stuff, but where did video games enter into your life? How did that how did that start? Video games started for me when I was about eight with like Nintendo coming out with the Wii for the first time. So like yeah, yeah. first video game I ever played was Wii Sports. Yeah. So played that for a while, got into our Wii, Xbox three sixty came out. Parents said no, out of budget for Christmas, so I waited and waited, finally wow. bought one for myself. So what kind of games do you enjoy more than anything else? Some of them I like action, but I like a lot of puzzle-solving ones, too. Oh. Like, I like Halo, yeah. mainly because you still get the feel of, oh, cool, kind of Call of Duty thing, but not all the nonsense that doesn't need to be in it. Yeah. So you so you do all the games. I mean, but you've always been attracted to these games, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been a big thing for you. I mean, in, even before we recorded and we're sitting here talking, we're talking about Batman and Superman, and we're talking about... You know, Iron Man and Star Wars. I mean, that's been an attraction of yours for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, no, I've always loved different series, mainly because, I mean, going to school, science, all that stuff's fun and all, but it always gave me something I can do when I'm sitting around, homework's done, and it's pouring rain outside and there's nothing to do. Yeah. So, Do you feel like you, I mean, it, it kind of adds excitement to the boredom? Yeah, definitely, because it'll give me something to do. Like, if I'm sitting there, even if internet crashed, like, I could still think of something in my head or go find a picture of it and draw it, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many different uses to pass time with it. Wow. It, it sounds healthy. It sounds healthy. Okay, now let me ask you, what got you to Heartlight? Can you, do you connect those two things? Do they have anything to do with each other? Me, not so much, because, like... Parents never allowed me to do the whole Grand Theft Auto games. Yeah. Um, nothing really violent. Most violent thing I did was Halo. So how'd you end up at Heartlight? A lot of family stuff. Really? Anger between parents being overprotective and oversheltering. Yeah. Not letting me grow up and making me feel like I have to do better everything when I feel like. Yeah. Yes, I want to try, but some stuff may be important at the time, so passing's okay. Yeah. So, like, that got me angry. I mean, little sisters, siblings are siblings. We get in fights. Um, yeah, yeah. One of them kind of got on my nerves more, but, I mean, we're pretty much over that. Yeah. You know, did you think your attraction to video games and all that stuff was just a passion because you liked it? Did it ever become an escape from the tension you felt from mom and dad? First, no, it never really was that. Um, but after a while, like with arguments with my parents, like if I was stressed, I'd go. I wouldn't normally go play a game. I'd go watch a 
Agents of Shield TV show on my laptop yeah, yeah, or yeah. go listen to music. And that would be an escape for you. Something to let me calm there. down and like kind of center myself again. Yeah. Okay. So the conflict that you and your parents had, what was that over? You say overprotection or what what does yeah. that look like? With me in particular, like our neighborhood, it has its ups and downs, but it's generally a pretty safe place. And like my parents, like once I turned like 15 and 16 like i would ask them like hey can i go ride my bike around the block or yeah yeah go ride and hang out at the library for a few hours read books kind of thing like they were like no um let's schedule time for both of us like me and you to go and i was like okay i'll schedule time but like why can't i go by myself yeah and that would get frustrating because i felt like i'm always seeing like kids that are good eight years younger than me go walk to the library from a house that's at least a couple miles away and my house is down the street and like yeah, yeah first time I ever really was able to do anything like on my own outside of the house was riding my bike to school during my freshman year yeah and that was only two three blocks away yeah. why do you think they were so overprotective I don't know totally part of it could be that like I had anger issues and what were your anger issues from well, because you seem like a happy-go-lucky guy. I'm going anger issues. I I look at you and I go, I think I, you just seem like a very cordial young man. That's fun to be around. I go, uh, well, we always have the two different personalities. Almost where at home we can be less concerned about how we behave or something, but. Where we're out in public, we're on our best behavior kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So when you got home, you weren't getting in trouble at school and stuff. But when you got home, that's where it kind of accelerated a little bit. Yeah, because I didn't feel like I had to hold stuff back. Because, like, with different stuff, like ADHD and that kind of thing, focusing on schoolwork is hard, and so it causes stress. And when I come home... I'd be a little stressed, so I'd go play with my dog outside, calm yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But then, but you know what? You know, I think I think a good reward for anybody that's listening that that has a child who's ADD, and I'm a classic ADD kind of guy. I'm just I can sit in class for 15 minutes, then I got to go do something. I mean, I'll sit down and write books, and I'll write for a while, and then I got to get up and go walk around and refocus. And I can sit down for a while, then I got to go refocus. Sometimes when you have a child that's that needs to refocus and kind of regain his composure. It's almost let him do some homework and then let him go play a video game for 30 minutes and then let him do some more homework, let him go play a video game. I mean, do it in small doses. And I think some people get confused about that because they think that that you're winning if I let you play a video game as opposed to, uh, you know, I'm really winning over a period of time that I'm helping a child get where they're completing things, but I'm doing it their way. And if that's how you think, there's nothing wrong with that. It just means I've got to adjust my schedule to fit your needs. You think? Yeah, because, like, at home, my parents would do something similar, but, like, if I needed a break or something, they usually give me three breaks during homework, two of which I had to go do something non-electronic. That kind of annoyed me because as much as it's fun to go play fetch with a puppy, like, yeah, my brain is much better wired for, like, digital stuff. Like, I understand it better. I understand some of the coding. I like to see how the different code affects 
the screen, that kind of thing. Yeah. I like messing around with programs. And so that always gave me something that would keep my brain working so that I could be in the like aspect of doing something productive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I go back to doing the homework, I still have the same mindset. But my parents saw it as, oh, he just wants to go do something electronic. That's all what he always wants. He needs to be outside more. Yeah. That kind of thing. And You're just one of those guys that likes something different. It's kind of like yeah. I like drinking coffee. Somebody else might like drinking milk. I mean, it's just different likes. Right. Did you and your parents come to blows a lot about stuff and arguing a lot and just where it was out of control? Because um, it's pretty serious when you send somebody off to Heartlight. I mean, yeah, it's, there it's was, not that things are going well. It's that things are a, kind of a mess. Yeah, there were, for a few years, there was a lot of arguments. They weren't like huge blow-ups. So it would kind of be like a steady thing where like we're going okay, would have an argument, go okay, have an argument. But like that was like three years ago. And then like the last few years it would be I'd go in good for a long time then have a huge blow-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a while, like the huge blow-ups kind of got worse and worse. And yeah. at one point me and my dad got in a fight and didn't end well. Like, yeah, but – before, like, that day, it always ended, like, us calming down, going separate ways, talking about it later. Yeah. But, like, kind of that day, it was, all right, I've had enough of this. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this. And, like, they had before, like, said, hey, if you don't start getting your stuff together, it's not because we want to get rid of you, but we're going to send you somewhere kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And they said, I was like, okay, this isn't working. And as much as you guys are wanting to help me, and you guys are, like, you're getting me counseling each week and stuff, but I need a more structured schedule than what we have here, and I need to be able to yeah. have a place where I can, like, it's scheduled time for me to do something and mature versus yeah. I have to just fit it in whenever. Yeah. And you get along with folks here? Uh, Generally. Yeah. Um, well, when I, I first mean, got here. Well, you're living with 60 other people. I mean, yeah. it, it is kind of odd to get along with everybody. Yeah. I mean, I get along with most people. There's some people that really there's just no pleasing. But yeah, yeah. Well, you I mean, seem like a real cordial guy. Think you're making changes? Definitely. I yeah. um, feel like if one of my friends back home saw me now, they'd be like, okay, what happened? Because <laughs> like a good five and a half months ago, I wouldn't have probably been able to piece this all together at all. Yeah. It'd be like a mess. So things are coming together. Yeah. I mean, cool. I've always been the odd one out because like, a lot of kids are here because of, like, family issues, but also they got into drugs, other stuff. Like, yeah. the only drugs I've ever done is the one my doctor prescribes for allergies and yeah, yeah. bad migraines. But <laughs> so but that kind of made me the something. odd one. But. Wow. Well, cool. Hey, you know, just your comments and your perspective on what's going on in your life is pretty cool. And uh, appreciate you sharing your heart. All right. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Two years ago, Jan and I lost our dog, Stitch, who was a member of our family for 13 years and was like a third child to us. When she died, the comforting answers at people, well-intended as they were, didn't comfort me at all. The idea that, that our dog had crossed the Rainbow Bridge or went to doggy heaven or whatever was a little unsettling to me. It wasn't comforting, uh, and it seemed rather childish. So here's the problem. We all do that a lot. 
When we don't have the answers to comfort, we sometimes say things that avoid the reality of loss in our life, or we act like we have to know everything. And the truth is, we don't have all the answers. And there are times when it is far better just to say, I don't know, not a phrase one hears too much in this current culture. Queer Stitch is a religious treatise about the dealing with loss in a children's book form. It's a great book to share with kids and grandkids when they lose a pet and a wonderful story about loss and dealing with hurts in our life. To order your copy of Where Stitch, go to www.wherestitch.com. That's wherestitch.com. Libby, thanks for being a part of the program. <laughs> Tell me, you're a little bit nervous uh, about being on the radio, <laughs> which is just funny to me because you're one of the most fun-loving people uh, around here. Um, do you get nervous about stuff? All the time. <laughs> do you really? Wow. Okay. So how does somebody that's so fun-loving, how do you end up at Heartlight? How did you end up here? Well... <clears throat> I mean, there was just a bunch of conflict in my house. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had a lot of, like, self-esteem issues where, like, it would just make me, like, be mean to others, just try and, like, make myself feel better. And See, now, that's a surprise to me because I would look at you and i go, self-esteem. I mean, I, I, you appear to be one that has a, a good, healthy self-esteem of yourself. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I know. Just watching you, the way you engage with people, the way you have fun, the, you know, are you hiding something of those internal feelings that you've always had? Yeah, I've like, I've had them for a pretty long time. Like, I feel like middle school, you know, like really? where it all starts. And what started in middle school? What did you begin to feel? Well, like, I began to just like be obsessed with like how I looked and like how others like, saw me because I just thought that was like the most important thing. Like that's how I'm going to make friends and that's how I'm going to get places. Yeah. But don't you think everybody else is thinking that too a little bit? Yeah. Which is pretty sad. Yeah. But you thought about it more? No. Okay. but Well, I don't know. I I don't know what they're thinking. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, but you're thinking that saying, okay, so you got consumed with what? What did you get consumed with? Jealousy. Really? In what way? Just anything that would happen. If something good would happen to someone else, I'd be like, this is happening because I'm a bad person. I'm like, I was just, I don't know how to explain it. Like, jealousy just overcame me. And, like, for a while, like, for, like, a year or so, it didn't bother me. And then when I got, like, sophomore year and, like, you know, boys and stuff and I've just never been good at that, like good at talking or like interacting at all. And um, just like seeing how others, it would just come easy to them, like just talking to other people, just interacting and stuff. It just made me like super jealous. And like all I had was negative thoughts going in my brain 24-7. Wow. And where do you think all those came from? Well, my mother... She's always been, like, a very, like, judgmental person. Mm. Like, it's, like, I guess how she was raised. But, like, when she says those things about others, it's, like, 
what if I do those things? Like mm. just those, the things that she would say about others and just the little comments made me like, like a magnifying glass on myself. Wow. Wow. And, and, and don't you think that a, that a mom or dad sometimes does that just to have conversation yeah, like they don't know what to say. Yeah, well, yeah, you just kind of go, well, look at that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I like looking at people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just like, well, I spend a people lot of time. watching. In, yeah, do mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I love it doing like that. Like when it's you go to a mall or, yeah, and you just watch people because you, and you kind of think, okay, they got a story. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one's kind of weird. Okay, yeah. they're looking at me and they think I'm kind of weird. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's going on. But I mean, in the normalcy of conversation, people talk about other people. I'm not saying yeah. that it, it doesn't have to be negative. But you kind of took it one way and and used it against yourself. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Where does that come from? You know, did it? Well, I feel like it just comes from insecurities. And where do you think the insecurity comes from? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I I guess like. I mean, you're living with yourself you're the rest mm. of your life. Like, you're with you. You know everything that happens, and you know, like, really, like, who you are, kind of. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I guess it all just begins whenever, like, I don't know. I can just really easily embarrass myself all the time. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay, so you, you say that you're awkward <laughs> around guys when you get around them? Very. Really? Very. That is just so surprising to me. It's not good. Okay. I sweat so much. Really? Okay, is that where you kind of, I mean, do you put on that happy face and try to, and you do get nervous and you just try to engage and, Well, I like, mean, I used to do that and I was like, well, this is just trying too hard. So then I, like, I laid back and I just, like, I don't know, I'll just sit at events and just eat. And then I'll go around and talk to some people. I like to talk to the couples. I really like third wheeling because it's my mm. only way of like getting good conversations in. Wow. Because <laughs> if you just went up to a group of guys and talked to them, then, uh. you, then you'd feel scared. <laughs> oh, I would never. I, I can't see myself doing that because I have no idea what we would talk about. Like, I, I wow. just. Well, like. I've never really, like, had conversations with my father or, like, my brother or anything. Like, we all just, like, we'll mess around or we'll just go, like, we'll go to, like, the drag races and we'll all just, like, hang out. But it's not really, like, talking. Like, I don't know. I've just never really. You do a lot of stuff. You just don't talk a lot. Yeah, I don't talk a lot. I just listen. Do you joke around a lot? I mean, does your family joke around a lot? Yes. Yeah. So do you think that maybe sometimes in the joking around that people miss your heart? Definitely, yeah. and that's something that my counselor has me working on. Is like, and how do you work on that? How open heart surgery or? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll be thinking like serious things, and I'll even just like I'll just try and laugh it off. Yeah, yeah. And like, what I've been trying to do is like talk to my like staff, you know, and like. On, like, phone times, like, sometimes I'll try to bring it up with, like, my parents, but, like, they're just like me. Like, they joke around, too. So, like, I'll bring up, like, a serious thing, and we kind of both, like, all of us just kind of laugh it off. Like, we don't really get over it or, like, heal, but we just, like... Yeah. Do you think that maybe that, um, 
you know, that people keep things on the surface and, and really your heart really wants to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And just like you don't know how to talk to boys because you don't have <laughs> enough experience doing that, that you don't know how to go deeper because people around you don't go deep in their conversations. And so yeah. to go deep in conversations makes it awkward. Yes, and I'm a very emotional person, so it's very easy to make me cry. Really? And I I hate crying in front of people. So like that's why I always keep it like arm's length, surface level with pretty much everyone, even like friends that I've been close to for years, like well, close, you know, yeah. not really close, but I don't know. It's just like surface, like, oh, I'm, I need you like yeah. here with me so I don't look like I'm alone, but so, I am. Yeah, but so if you start crying, <laughs> then it gets back in that appearance thing. You don't want to appear to be weak. Or yeah, and I be... do the snuffles and there's snot coming out of my nose and <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a surprise. It's, it's kind of a surprise to me, but I, but I kind of go, you're, you're helping me understand you a little bit more. You know, when I ask you questions, do you feel, are you nervous about me asking questions? I'm nervous about everything. Really? I'm nervous about this huge microphone in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is that hard to overcome or do you do you get comfortable around people where you go, okay, I can relax with this person? Yeah, I do. Like, I get comfortable around them like after like two weeks of like talking with them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like after a while and... It's still not like close like I want it to be. Yeah. Like someone I can really like depend on. It's wow. just someone that's that's there that I can walk up to and like say hi and then they say how are you and you're like I'm fine and yeah. just walk away. Okay, so what what I mean you got you got a few hundred thousand people listening to you yeah. right now. Doesn't that make <laughs> you feel good? Um, what would you tell parents if they have kids that are just like you? What do you think those kids would long for, just like you long for? What would you want from your mom and dad that's different than what you've gotten in the past? I feel like I am the way I am, like in like nervous situations, because um, I've just been like sheltered mm-hmm. and like I haven't been able to like to go out. I'm not saying like let your kids run crazy yeah 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 but like let them have like situations where they can learn yeah. otherwise they're just going to be in their room all day yeah. depressed yeah <laughs> it's not going to help cool hey well thanks for being a part of the program <laughs> i think your comments i mean to me they're pretty insightful i mean i i can hear parents going wait a minute my kids like this maybe i'm missing it maybe we need to quit joking around so much maybe we need to get a little bit more serious maybe we need to go deeper maybe maybe you know those kind of things. I think it's been a good encouragement. Thanks for being a part of the program. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.